It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we got to make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jay. Millie's Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast Here on the Lockdown Podcast Network Thank you for making us part of your daily routine And you've got all three of us today The Raining Jays Me, John Corrales J. King Samuel Jamison Packard III. We got a lot to talk about. Toronto collapse, Knicks, uh, the offense being terrible, uh, injury problems. Rondo and Chris Paul got into a fight. That was crazy. So let's just uh, let's dive into this thing. The Celtics are now two and one, but not exactly the cleanest, most impressive two and one that you're going to get out there. Uh, the one thing when I said before that we started recording the podcast, what do you guys want to talk about? You both basically said almost at the same time, yeah, the offense is bad. So uh, who wants to go first on talking about how bad this offense is? Jay? I'll start. Oh, and then, No, no. I'll start, and then Jay King can um, overrule me with actual analysis. But um, the offense does not look good uh, in the half court. It doesn't seem like when they're running any of their sets, they're generating good to – Decent looks, um, and they're settling a lot for one-on-one mid-range shots. If you look at the the shot chart against Toronto, it's just littered with um, misses from basically you either want threes or you want layups, and there's a lot of non-paint twos that they were taking. And they got to like um, the offensive rebounds they got in Toronto. The Their passing after offensive rebounds, it felt like was better. But when it comes down to just, like, getting into a set and running the offense, nothing looks crisp, and it really doesn't look like they're generating many open looks. Yeah, I felt like they've had some good stretches of basketball. Like, I felt there were a few times in the the first quarter of the Toronto game where the ball was really popping, and then what the stretch when Hayward was himself for, like, a few minutes, that was cool. They, they looked really good. But for the most part, they just seemed disjointed. It just seems like like they haven't figured out how to all play together yet. And, you know, like, I think Tatum's probably the best example, right? And, and he's been great. Like, Tatum's been fantastic. Tatum has, he's been their leading scorer. He hit the, essentially the game winner against New York. He's done so many good things. But it's like he's also been sort of ball stopping and, cheating himself out of wide open three point attempts to take mid range jumpers and kind of going one-on-one a lot. So I think the offense will look better, obviously when, as soon as Kyrie stops missing every shot he takes, but, but also like they're going to need to become more cohesive and, 
And it, right now, like, they're taking tons of mid-range jumpers. They're not moving the ball like they should. Uh, I think they're, they're fourth, um, in most mid-range jumpers attempted so far, which is not at all where you want to be. They're only 11th in three point attempts despite playing smaller and smaller lineups. Like their, their shot profile just stinks. They're not drawing free throws. They're not doing anything you'd, you'd really want to see in a, a top offense. And obviously they struggled offensively last year. They're doing a lot of the same crap this year. And, and I think that's a little unsettling. Obviously they're not a finished product yet. There's a lot that's going to change especially i think gordon hayward and but the first few games have not been promising for their offense no they haven't been uh, i'm curious about jalen brown and his fit in all of this i i think he seems to be suffering the most from all of the stuff that you're talking about where he he needs the ball to be moving so he can get the ball in places where he can attack he's He's trying to be a better one-on-one player, but when I feel like when he's getting the ball, he's not getting the right opportunities, and he's kind of forcing, forcing himself to, you know, forcing the ball, forcing uh, attacks. For you know, I, I think that if we're looking for a symptom, and it's not just to call out Jalen Brown to say well, you should play better, it's to say that. When the offense is going great, Jalen Brown will be the biggest beneficiary of it because all these other guys can go out and get their own thing. Jalen Brown's not as good an individual player, but when it's going bad, that's I think that's what we're seeing is is Jalen Brown suffering a little bit. Yeah, I, I think he's he's the one that's that's been hurt the most by the lack of. Oh, I, I think he's like seventh or eighth in usage rate on the team right now, which is just weird. He was a year ago. You know, they're at least, if not their highest usage guy, um, in the playoffs, at least second. So he is, he's just in a totally, totally different role. And I think he's the one that's been hit hardest by the readjustment to Kyrie and, and Hayward. He's had some moments of like cutting and, uh, and doing what he does, uh, and like getting to the rim. But I think you're right. I think the, the, the biggest problem with the Celtics right now is that. Not a lot of their actions are getting the ball into the paint. I think this was most evident in the Toronto series, where Toronto are not series, but game. Toronto would switch everything, and so any action they started to, to like either high pick and roll or something on the sides, Toronto would just switch, and they basically they'd just be in the exact same position they were to start the possession. And it didn't. It really seemed like they didn't know what to do after that. And so if if just basically having everyone switch is, is going to slow down your offense entirely. Then you're going to see a bunch of like one-on-one shots. You're going to see Jason Tatum go one-on-one. You're going to see Kyrie go one-on-one. You're going to see Mook go one-on-one. It just so happens that Jason Tatum's fucking amazing and can make a lot of those shots. But uh, you'd rather see him uh, be more efficient with uh, with better open looks. But if, if they're going to need to figure out something to to counter the switching, because right now um, it's kind of, it's definitely leaving the offense pretty stagnant. Yeah, they're they're just settling when they get switches it's like oh switch let's let's shoot a pull-up contested jumper it's like no just beat a switch and get to the paint and kick out and make something happen and they haven't done that enough they it started in the philly game when Embiid was was guarding guys and they were just kind of toying with him and trying to shoot over him 
and it, it's it's continued since then. The the New York game was just disgusting. I we were all we were all worse off for watching that game. <laughs> well, um, I, I do think it's no coincidence that when they got paint touches, they their offense looked a lot better. They, whether it's in the post or whether it's uh, just attacking and getting into the paint, when they can get into the paint, that's that's just that sign that they are actually attacking. And whenever they have done that, the offense looks great because then they force defenses to collapse and the Celtics can take advantage of, of whatever the defense is doing. But, Jay, I think you brought up the point when they've gotten pick and rolls and switches and instead of attacking mismatches and, and really paying for it, continuing to move the ball, that they are just kind of saying, oh, okay, we've got this one little mismatch. I'm just going to shoot, either shoot over him or, or they, they, they see a mismatch and everything stops. So you could say, oh, all right, well, we're going to try and pick this. We've got one mismatch. Let's, let's try to take advantage of this one thing rather than continue to move the offense and not only take advantage of that particular mismatch, but then with a couple more passes, really try to spring a guy open for an easier shot. And the other the other thing is that the they're playing the Toronto Raptors, uh, who are a very good basketball team, and their defense is uh, I thought was phenomenal on uh, Friday night. I think the the Celtics, to, for their credit, except for a few stretches when Kawhi was going a little bit uh, wild there, and then like the final two minutes, the Celtics defense has looked uh, very strong. Um, I think in these first three games, especially Al Horford, um, but it's just it's harder to kind of attack switches when the I guess the the Raptors have such a good team against the Knicks. There there really should be no excuses, but against the Raptors, uh, I thought it was a well played game in, until the very end. But um, I think it'll be interesting. I think that's like one of the main reasons you saw, um, or I think Gordon Hayward is gonna. It's interesting that he didn't play against uh, the Knicks, and I think we'll get to that later. But with his size, I think we're gonna see him really attacking smaller guards. And I think there's I saw a story in the offseason that he's basically like working up, working on posting up smaller guards the entire time, basically for preparing for attacking switches like that. So I'm excited to see just like kind of how, how that uh, works moving forward. But you're right there. They are settling for a bunch of longer jumpers and the defense is really the only reason that they're, they're staying in these games. So yeah, they're still locking up. It's so funny. The, this is the exact opposite of what the preseason was. The preseason we're talking about their defense and, and the offense was still a problem, but like they, they went off for a huge, uh, a couple of huge uh, quarters early on. But everybody's like, ooh, their defense. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen with their defense. Now, their defense has actually been not bad, but their offense has looked really, really bad. Uh, I guess the question here, and, and you brought up, like, Kyrie Kyrie hasn't looked particularly great. He hasn't, he's, he's been okay, but he needs, to, he needs to hit shots. A lot of this is Kyrie hitting shots. And uh, Gordon Hayward has looked increasingly better. Uh, we'll get more on Gordon Hayward in a minute. But when it comes to the offense – I guess it starts with Kyrie, and if Kyrie can start hitting some shots, that's great. Uh, part of me wonders if, you know, this needs to be, like Kyrie just needs to do a little bit more, and the other guys need to play off of him uh, more. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just grasping at, at different ideas because it's, sometimes I think that with all of the talent that they have, sometimes these guys just – it's a, a taking turns thing rather than 
playing off of one another, and they just need to have one guy at like it needs to start with Kyrie, and then once Kyrie is going and he's cooking, then everything else can flow off of him, and then the ball can move, and then then they can get their shots. But I don't know if it, if Kyrie is is trying too much to be too unselfish, and they're playing him off the ball a lot. I think it, there might be some value in just getting back to basics, coming out in, in in this next game, and just let get Kyrie going. Just get Kyrie going for a little bit, and then then let's work on everybody else. But I think getting Kyrie going would be very 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 important right away. I don't know how much of it's him like not getting the opportunities. He's just not really knocking down some looks, That's some true. shots that you're you're used to seeing Kyrie hit. He's just missing some, like some pull-ups, just some some shots that you're used to seeing, Ky- like easy Kyrie Irving baskets. They're just not falling right now. And so, I think we we talk a lot about like the the long twos and the non mid pay twos, but like a Kyrie pull-up from the foul line, I think is like should be an automatic shot, and that's a shot you want him taking. Same with Gordon. Gordon is kind of the king in the mid range right now, and when he can get like a pull-up jumper in rhythm, um, foul line extended, that I have less problem with. Um, so I think it's it's just a matter of some of those shots need to fall and they need to get in rhythm. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know what the what the solution is. And I'm sure like good thing the Orlando Magic are coming to town. Yeah, I guess the, the Orlando yeah. Magic could be a big help here, Jay. Yeah, I was just gonna say might as well go to three and one with a shitty offense. Hey, look, <laughs> I'd rather be three and one with a shitty offense than one and three with a shitty offense. At least you're winning games while you're trying to figure it out. So yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. All right, we're going to come back with uh, Gordon Hayward injury, Aaron Baines injury uh, in a second. But I want to let everybody out there who's listening who is a business owner, I want to let you know that the Locked On Celtics podcast, we're back. We're, the, the numbers are exploding. And same as across the entire network. Exploding numbers. Exploding numbers. The numbers are really, really huge right now. So if your company is looking for a new way to reach customers, your company could be mentioned right now. Instead of me reading something that's asking for people to advertise with us, I could be reading your ad right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors that they hear on their podcast. Our demographic is 98% males more education and earning than traditional media audiences. Okay. So you're spending your money in other places. Don't spend it on the podcast. We're the place you want to get the biggest bang for your buck. Have your company sponsor this podcast. Email us at lockdownceltics at gmail.com. Lockdownceltics at gmail.com to advertise on this podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm sipping a nice lager right now. I wish I could tell the listener gods about it, but no free advertisement. No, no. It's a it's an as yet unnamed a lager to be named later. Yeah. Could be your lager. Could be. So Gordon Hayward missed the Knicks game for uh they call it ankle recovery, which seems like all right, you know, sitting a back to back, but they didn't plan on him sitting the back to back. And that's kind of one of those perks perks you up a little bit and say, huh? They they went into the season saying that they are taught they're they're going to play Kyrie and Gordon Hayward on back to backs. They had planned to play them on back to backs, and now all of a sudden, first back to back, they're like, no, never mind. Is that a concern for any of you guys? I don't think so yet. Um, I mean, he's just getting back into it. He only started playing pickup basically a month ago. So it, it's it's not too much of a shock to me, especially after he missed a couple days of practice right toward the end of uh, the preseason schedule with back back issues from from soreness that was sort of related to the ankle. So I'm not I'm not surprised. I'm not I wouldn't be too concerned about it if I were the Celtics yet. But if it lingers, if if things change, if if it gets worse, obviously that's that's when you start start to be concerned but i mean it's it's hard to be too too concerned after he played his best game and then had a little soreness so i think they're going to be as cautious as possible with him like if he has anything they're gonna be like nope you ain't playing against the knicks bro i'll tell you that much (laughs) we we ain't getting you hurt against alonzo trier i'll tell you that much um but yeah uh, until he misses like extended time and I I wouldn't be too too concerned, or unless he comes if he comes back and he looks like he's had a setback or something. But every time we've seen him, he's been growing stronger and stronger. So I've loved it. I've loved the progress that he's made. I thought the uh, the second half, especially against Toronto, was uh, he looked great. He looked great. Uh, well, and you know, comparatively speaking, like he didn't look like his former self, but it's the best he's looked. And it's just great progress. And it's, I think the progress that he's making game to game each time we see him has been, has been fantastic. I wasn't concerned about the injury either until, you know, you start hearing the, it wasn't planned and people start to pipe up a little bit about like, well, what do you mean? It wasn't a planned thing. And when you hear unplanned rest, it just sounds like, huh? So it just means he got sore. That's it. He felt some soreness, and they decided you ain't playing against the Knicks, bruh. <laughs> bruh. Uh, fair, fair. Although like, <laughs> they could have used him because they almost lost to the New York Knicks. They did. That, that should not happen. Although, yeah, I don't care how good Tim Hardaway Jr. is. Although he was quite good. I mean, I, that was the most impressive I've seen Tim Hardaway Jr. ever play basketball. But 
still, you shouldn't lose to the Knicks. Yeah, but the, even come close. The King, the Kings beat the Thunder tonight. So I mean, shit happens. True. The NBA is a weird league. Yeah. So I mean, like we get caught up in that, but there, there's never been a season where all 82 games go exactly like you think they do. Like, yeah, they. Should. Then why did we do that podcast predicting all 82 games? Well, because you know. <laughs> We, we need content, man. Content is king. Oh, you know man. what I am concerned about is Aaron Baines' hamstring. Because that guy has been amazing. Uh, and hamstrings are not an injury you normally want to flex with. Uh, it, it's weird to see him limping off because that dude literally doesn't feel pain. Like He broke his nose last year in the playoffs and nobody even realized. <laughs> that's true literally not a soul even knew about it until he t- told us later like oh yeah i broke my nose the other day guys oh, what my nose the hell are you talking about aaron <laughs> so so it was it, 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 it didn't look good so hopefully hopefully he won't miss too much time but hamstrings hamstrings can really really linger a little bit well, and yeah. this, I think he's an important piece for the for the defense as well. He's been, and apparently he's the greatest three point shooter on the team now. But he's been pr- the uh, the only three point shooter on the team. Yeah, much. <laughs> I mean, in terms of efficiency, yeah. Uh, but he's been very solid uh, on the defensive end, and I think has been important to kind of why the defense has been pretty good. You just seen him uh, defend Embiid. I thought he had good moments against Valanciunas. Uh, Good moments against Cantor as well. He's like the probably the best person at defending anyone with size. I don't know who like does the, the Time Lord step in? Do we expect the Time Lord to get some minutes? I I I think the initial plan was for Robert Williams to to spend some of the early season with the Red Claws, at least the first couple of games. Um, I definitely think Tice is going to get more time, but Tice isn't like the bruiser that uh, Aaron Baines is. And so the Magic have a giant lineup, including Mo Bamba, who has the largest arms I've ever seen. Uh, like, what do we think the Celtics do to kind of replace the Aaron Baines minutes? I, I, mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Williams starts to get a chance a little bit here. Because, I mean, once once you're down one big guy, I mean, we saw Yabu the other night. Yabu was out there getting minutes. So that means that means Williams is close because he can't be too far behind Yabu. In the <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I mean, why not? I mean, he'll be active, so why not get him some minutes? This is the time to do it. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think there, there's a reason why he was inactive. He's not ready yet. And as great as we, you know, some of the things that we saw in preseason, it was fourth quarter of a preseason against a bunch of guys that also aren't ready. So I, I don't want to put too much stock into. Williams doing anything productive just yet, but look, big athletic kid can you know a little bit of a pogo stick can block some shots. Why not? It's it's not like he's going up against the the Warriors, so why not against that size? Throw him in there. Uh, one interesting little note: very 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 small sample size, but of all of the rotation players, Aaron Baines is the only positive offensive box plus minus. He's at, he's yeah, at, I saw that today. Yeah. Classic. It's, uh, I mean, obviously very, very, very early, but it does show, it does show that the things that, I mean, at least I've seen that we've all seen he, when he's been on the floor, good things have happened for the Celtics. So losing him 
not not a good thing. And like you said, Sam, with the hamstring, definitely out against Orlando. But wouldn't be surprised if he misses the the trip to Oklahoma City. I wouldn't be surprised if he sits out all week because hamstrings. It feels like they're okay, and then next thing you know, that you you really do some damage. So they don't want to have him out for a longer than necessary time. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he goes. This this lingers a little bit. Speaking of being out for a little, uh, some missing some games, we got some suspensions handed out in the NBA, and that's what you call a podcast segue. <laughs> I like that. Uh, let's, uh, yeah, Rajon Rondo, Chris Paul. So Rondo basically, I guess, spit at Chris Paul. It's, people have been watching that thing like the damn Zapruder film. Did he spit? Did he mean to spit? Did I see some spit? There must have spit. been a second spitter. Yeah. Yeah, that's the joke that's been made a couple times. And yeah, I saw it 900 times. Everybody needs to chill out with that joke. <laughs> it's a I big... saw a video breakdown from Worldwide Wob about how it was definitely Carmelo who uh, had some friendly fire and spin Chris Hall's face. And then I saw a super zoomed-in video, and it was just obviously Rondo who spit in his face. So, like, yeah. Are we any surprised? Like, Is any Celtics fan surprised that Rondo, who hates Chris Paul, like they have historical beef, uh, would pull some shenanigans like this. Rondo's the king of shenanigans. I, he invented shenanigans. I'm not surprised. No, I would say Chris Paul might be the king of the shenanigans. They, they are the shenanigan twins. It's been. I'm shocked they haven't fought uh, before this point. It's kind of. It's. It's amazing that they've been in the league this long and it hasn't come to blows. But actually, they need some. They deserve credit for like legitimate fight. Uh, this was way more than a normal NBA fight. Punches thrown on both sides. Brandon Ingram coming from half court. He was desperate to uh, to throw a punch, mostly because the Rockets were spent the entire um, game previous to that just bullying him. Um, but good for Brandon Ingram, his very skinny self, for sticking up for himself. Uh, but running from half court. As no, that was, a, that was a cheap shot. Hey, how, he was, how are you going to congratulate a man on a cheap shot? He was more involved than Lonzo. Do you see Lonzo? Lonzo didn't even walk over. Uh, like, I don't know which is worse. He wanted to be in the scrum, at least. I, I don't know so, which is worse. You give a guy praise for a cheap shot. I'll give I'll give Rondo praise for the left. I'll give Chris Paul praise for his response. I'll give I don't know what LeBron was doing, just like like having a an intimate moment with Chris Paul. Well, I'll get to that. I, I I don't blame LeBron. He's Kobe I mean, would never. Those <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, LeBron came in and, and and took one of the two people in the middle of the fight and just de-escalated the whole thing. So that, that's for, but I see the people. He talking should have about, snuffed Chris Paul. Yeah, right. <laughs> his yeah, his that's best a, friend. Right. Just walk out and be like, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry, bro. I bleed purple and gold, bro. <laughs> I've, been, I've been a Laker for 10 minutes, but now I'm going to knock out my best friend because I'm wearing that jersey. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Uh, so four games for Ingram, three games for Rondo, two games for Chris Paul. Uh, the best thing is Chris Paul makes so much more money than the other two that uh, his money loss is actually uh, more than both of those. Tremendous. Guys. I, thought, I found that interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with I'm with Jay though on Ingram. That was that was a cheap shot. Ingram was pissed off the whole damn night. You're, they they did I did see the video like they they just kept trying to knock him over. They they, they have really accomplished exactly what they were trying to do because they totally got into his head and and he he blew up. 
And he tried to square up with the referee, and the referee held his ground because <laughs> no one's scared of 110-pound Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I'd like to think that he was going after uh, Harden there, but... Uh, uh, presumably, but yeah, that doesn't work for my narrative. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, Rondo, Rondo with a nice left, though. I love Marcus Morris, his tweet, uh, talking about giving giving uh, Rondo praise for the left. That was a nice-ass nice left, Rondo, LOL. I, I was 100% convinced last night that Rondo did not spit because none of the angles. Like, there should be cameramen fired for that shit. There should be producers fired. I'll, I'll send you the video. He definitely spit. When you get no, the, no, no, no. I, I, I saw the, the video that was super zoomed, but why didn't we get that earlier? Where, what are these producers? They got their heads in their asses. Well, I, I will say that Rondo is the most clandestine spitter I've ever like. He he didn't like load up. He did. It just it just came out like it was super low key. Yeah, that like no. So I will say this: I used to have to wear mouth guards in high school. Saliva can pool up in those bitches. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I hate it. I hate mouth guards. I hate like, them. Yeah. So I, I know that they're you didn't supposed to gather the saliva. You just released the saliva. Right. It's, right. It's totally it was, different. It was a pressure build up, and it just squirted out. It's barely, not even his fault, really. Oh god. Uh, Lakers are zero uh, and two on the season, though. I just wanted to throw that in there. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Uh, a lot more of this Rondo and Chris Paul conversation will be coming up on the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to Locked On NBA. The Monday's show is going to be the biggest stories with the local experts, and this is guaranteed to be on there. And in addition to our regularly regularly uh, scheduled weekly shows, daily shows weekly, we have additional NBA national experts. The Athletics, Sam Amick. Teammate of Jay King, athletic shout out. And My man's Sports Illustrator's Ben Golliver, both added to the weekly guest list. So Sam and Ben are both going to be joining the Lockdown NBA podcast on a weekly basis. I do Lockdown NBA on Wednesdays, and one of those guys will be joining the show uh, at least uh, on a regular basis on Wednesdays, sometimes Tuesdays, sometimes Thursdays, whatever. But they'll be on there. So subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast, or ask your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On NBA. All right, fellas, we got to hand out some awards. Our weekly award show. But yes, there is. But first, we got to name that bad sucker. We got to name it. It started out with the mystery machine because Jalen Brown had the mystery machine. Like he, I guess he bought it or whatever. Uh, I think he just posed with a van once. No, he was like, I, hey, this uh, looks like the mystery machine. I'm pretty sure he just posed with a van. I, I, I want to, but in my head, he bought it and is driving around in it. Oh, so sure, yeah. That that was the first iteration. And then we got Aaron Baines, and so we did the, the Aaron Baines big Australian boat. Well, no, he, he said he wanted to live on a houseboat, and so that's when. Right. So and whatever, whatever we do, as all of Australia, there's whatever, whatever we do this year is going to be, I'm against it because in the past it was always organic. Now we're just making something up. I'm, uh, I think I'm the suggestions board. we have are pretty organic. Yeah. I'm off board. Uh, the, the three finalists as I see them, and I think we can have the listener gods vote on this. Um, 
the obvious choice uh, is inspired by uh, one Gershon Yabusele, and we could have Yabu's wagon. Um, now, Jay, as someone who has to cover the team as a profession, uh, as a professional person, maybe doesn't want to talk about Yabu's wagon. So um, we'll factor that into our decision. The second, yeah, I'm going to vote against that one. The second is the Time Lord, <laughs> Robert Williams. Um, the Time Lord, he showed up late to his first, like, seven things he had to do for the Celtics, so he immediately became the Time Lord. He obviously time travels. The best way to time travel is through a phone booth, a la Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So we have the Time Lord's phone booth, um, which I think is fantastic because that's an amazing film. And then the third, we have Taco J, uh, which is a the new moniker of Jason Tatum. And so Taco J's Taco Food Stand or Taco Food Truck or Taco Family Feedback, something with Taco <laughs> J has to be worked in there somehow. And uh, so I love the Family Feedback. See, that's a good one. So that, like, I feel I, like those are pretty organic, Jay. I don't I'm, know what your what your beef is. I am partial. I am totally partial to Taco Jay's Taco Truck. I think the Taco Truck giving guys a ride in Taco Jay's Taco Truck this year, I think, is perfect. Or you can sold. give him a taco. It doesn't have to be a ride. It doesn't have to be a vehicle. We right. just made up this segment. He could right. He could just be. They could be getting tacos from Taco Jay. Who gets? We a can give out bags of cheese. One bag of cheese to Mook for all his things. Yeah, I, I mean, we can do anything. Jay, so we'll, I know you're. I know you're. You're big on this. This is a big deal. We have deal strong opinions here, Jay. We need to hear your thoughts. Taco Jay's truck. That's that's all there is to it. All right. Well, who do you want to hand out the first bag of cheese to? <laughs> Taco Jay's going on a taco truck, man. Taco Jay. He uh, he he crushed Philly. And then he stomped on New York, and then he made a stupid-ass foul, but Trey Burke let him off the hook. So Jason Tatum still needs to tweak his shot selection, but he's he's played better than anyone else on the Celtics so far, probably. Or at least, at least as well as. So Jason Tatum gets to ride on his own taco truck. Yeah, that's good. Uh... I'm going to go with Gordon Hayward on the taco Ooh. truck. I'm going, I'm going Gordon Hayward. Oh, man. I, don't, I strong disagree, but I'll let you make a point. My, my, and my point is that – What is this, a sympathy invite? No. Yeah, taco Jay's not giving bags of cheese to no one. you got to earn that. Look, the dude just came back from that injury, and the, the fact that – first of all, the fact that he's back – gets him an honorary taco secondly he had (laughs) (laughs) secondly uh i think that in the in the philly game he played very well defensively i think that he he did a lot there to help the celtics and he didn't score he wasn't very efficient as a scorer but in the toronto game he got a lot of that back he shot 6 of 13, hit 14 points, 7 rebounds. He had a, a nice game there. And in that second half of that Toronto game, he really started to look like uh, a lot more like himself. Like he looked the best that he did. I think the progress, I think the, the, the fact that he was doing other things while his shot wasn't falling and the fact that now he's, he, it seems like he's getting himself closer and closer to the type of guy that we need, I think that that's worthy. As self-appointed manager slash bouncer uh, of this Taco J food truck, I just can't give it to a guy for one good half. He didn't even play in the Knicks game. 
he had one good half. I I understand the the narrative of him coming back, but this Taco J's food truck is for the elite. It's for people who truly earn it. You want to know who belongs there? Someone who gave you 12 solid quarters of basketball. Someone who's the best defender on the best defensive team in the league, and that's Al Horford. Al Horford's knocking down threes. He's blocking the shit out of Joel Embiid repeatedly. Uh, he's just the best player on the court for, for long stretches. That's the kind of guy who I want to let into Taco Jays. Not Gordon, Gordon Hayward, sure. One day he'll get there, but I can't give it to him for one good half. Al Horford's my selection. Fine. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> this stuff's serious to me, guys. You guys have <laughs> serious analysis. When you get to this goofy shit, man, you, uh, I don't, I play for keeps. I got one more. Let's hear it. And it's, it's with all due respect to Terry Rozier, who probably had a better week than this man. Mook. Gotta be Mook. Mook. <laughs> that guy knocks down threes. I have more confidence. In, like, if someone has an open three-pointer, I feel like I have the most confidence with Mook taking it. That guy just knocks down open shots. Mook has taken more than half his shots have been three-pointers, which is a nice change for the Celtics if it stays. He is leading the team in true shooting percentage. And he's made, like, five pretty damn good passes so far. That's true. He's He has been passing, which is he, He's passed out of double teams, like, three times. And it's been... He had I a mean, great pass out of the post against, uh, was it Toronto? He had... There was... Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. I agree. Yeah, so Mook, Mook earned it from me. I like that. I like that. Uh, is there anyone else? Well, uh, there's one more. Aaron Baines. You know, he got hurt, but we just we just spent a whole segment talking about how important Aaron Baines was and how he has, like, that weird kind of offensive box plus minus stat right now. And every time he's been on the floor, the Celtics have done uh, – have looked pretty good. Bruh, bruh. Should I get an injury and then you'll put me on the top of the track? <laughs> this is not a place to rehab. Are you? Are you guys enjoy? Are you guys American tacos with seven bags of cheese on them? Are you guys actually saying Aaron Baines shouldn't be on this? It's an elite company. You got to. You got to really show Are you guys shitting me right now? We just talked. We just spent a whole segment talking about how important Aaron Baines has been to this team, and now you're telling me more than twenty minutes a game. Get the fuck out of (laughs) here. Although there was that sweet video of him um, celebrating extremely drunk after the uh, the Spurs championship, being basically held up by Tim Duncan, uh, that was making its way after some of the Red, uh, the Celtics win. So maybe he gets in, but I think he's borderline there. I don't know. I want to keep the taco the taco truck elite this year. You really got to earn that. I was going to give an honorable mention to Brad Stevens for uh, just casually switching to the, to rocking sneakers during the game. Uh, but I don't think that deserves it. That's just a that's just a casual. You're just gonna give out tacos for wearing sneakers? I said honorable <laughs> mention. It was an honorable mention. What's an honorable Baines mention? Also gets one. Some so nachos. Hayward. Yeah, nachos. A chalupa. Sure. What's what's honorable Maybe mention? Empanada. Maybe a side of guac, but not a full taco. I like empanadas. Yeah, they're quite good. Basically, it's all the same ingredients, just prepared different ways. But it's fantastic. Mm. Personal burrito guy. I don't think you can go wrong. In any way. All right, fine, whatever. So uh, that's the taco. That's the taco truck. <laughs> I feel like that has a real high possibility of going off the rails on a regular basis. 
Yeah, because everyone who gets injured is going to be on there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Celtics play the Magic. Uh, Monday night will be her post game for that. Make sure you check out our post game podcast. Subscribe. Uh, all you new listeners out there, thank you very much for joining the podcast. This has been a lot of fun. I hope for you, it's been a lot of fun for us. We don't often get a chance to do the tripods, and hopefully soon, in a couple of weeks, we can start doing these in person, which will be even more fun. We can enjoy our fine, nameless loggers uh, in person while we podcast. So, uh, in the meantime, if you're a new subscriber, please subscribe. If you are a regular subscriber, that five-star rating, good review, all of that is, is a big deal. And, of course, share the podcast, spread the word, tell everybody to listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Does Jay, Solid. Does Jay get a taco for crying at, uh, at the movie? You know, oh, real talk. That, that was emotional, man. I, I, <laughs> I was seriously like, like it wasn't just like welling up in my eyes either. Tears were streaming down my face. <laughs> I gotta see the movie that made Jake King cry. I know. I gotta see this. Well, it's not that. It, look, it's not that we're being like, like guys shouldn't cry. It's that you are an unfeeling bastard, and I'm surprised that anything <laughs> makes you cry. No, no, Jake King's see? in love now, so um, he's now in tune oh. with feelings. So somebody's uh, tapped into your cold black heart and released feelings. I, 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 you guys have the wrong idea. <laughs> the kid's heart is 12 times the size of a normal heart, <laughs> at least. I mean, it's it's dangerous to feel like I feel. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.